Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galtz, and today we talk to Stacy Marie and Stevie Thrasher, who are two very courageous young women who developed life-threatening adverse reactions after taking both shots of the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. Now, Stacy and Stevie, welcome to Merkaba Chakras. Thank Hi. you so much. Oh, thank you for, you know, for having the courage to come and share your stories. It definitely has to be heard. Um, so for you guys who are watching this episode, if you're watching this episode on YouTube, go to the description below and click on either one of those two video sharing platforms, Odyssey or BitChute, and you can watch the rest of the episode there. If you are watching this episode on any of the other video sharing platforms outside of YouTube, um, or you're listening to this episode on any of the 65 podcast sites it gets distributed to, this interview will continue uninterrupted. Okay, so see you guys soon if you're coming from YouTube on those other sites. Now, ladies, let's rewind because we have a long story to tell people so that they can understand your journey here. Um, let's rewind the steps that led you to get the jab, the, the mRNA vaccine, okay? So let's start with Stevie there. Stevie, you're in Seattle with me, and it's super hot today. I think it's like 100. It is very hot today. I'm trying to stay cool inside and resting. Um, so I... Yeah, what was your life before you got the COVID-19 vaccine? What was it like? Yeah, so I am, I, I call myself a, a hippie. Um, I love to walk barefoot. I love climbing trees. I'll walk into the ocean barefoot. I go hiking. Um, I am an, I do archery. I have my own bow. Um, I'm extremely active. I love going for long, long drives to nowhere and finding cool places. I love, you know, antique thrift store shopping, you know, um, I, uh, I was also, um, I'm a vet assistant. Um, I did uh, go to school for that. I have my certificate in vet assisting. Um, I work in the ER department, um, and I would work 12-hour shifts uh, without sit, you know, without taking a break, without sitting down, you know. Um, and uh, then um, I had 
it, it was pretty rough on, on obviously everyone when when the pandemic hit and um and obviously it creates a lot of a lot of fear and so when the vaccine came out i was talking to my coworkers i i i was on this edge and i wasn't sure which way to go um right. and so i you know he well let's 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 um because there's there's a lot that goes into your decision. Um, before you do that, let's ask Stacy. Stacy, what was your life like before you you got the vaccine? Um, I am a long distance freight hauler. I drive a big cargo van and I take freight all over the country. I've been to all lower forty eight states, so I do a lot of driving. Um, and that's long hours. That's like most of my trips were not um, less than five hundred miles one way. So, um, you know, 12, 16, 20 hour days sometimes, um, wow. working, I'm a single mom, I, to, you know, the only income in my house. Um, so I, I was obviously a workaholic, but I love my job. Um, uh, driving is like, it was my favorite thing. Road trips are one of my favorite things. Traveling is one of my favorite things. So that my job was also my passion. So, um, I was working a lot. Um, I'm also very active, like Stevie, I like hiking. I like walking outside. I, I love being in uh, nature. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very active with my, my family as well. And, you know, pretty, um, yeah, but mostly my job, I was a very, very workaholic type person. Right. Right. So Stacy, you are a single mom. You have how many children? I have two. My daughter's grown and she's moved out, but my son still is with me um, every other week. Right. Right. And he is in what, what grade? He just graduated sixth grade. He'll be in seventh sixth grade. Um, so, yeah. So he's young. And Stacy, um, you, you're a young adult and you're, you're just kind of living your life. Um, you don't have any children or, or anybody that you take care of? Uh, Stevie, were you talking to Stevie or me? Yeah, I was talking to Stevie. <laughs> Stevie, do you take, take care of <laughs> um, No, I, um, I don't have children um, uh, for, for my own uh, life choices. Uh, mm-hmm. I do not have children. Um, I, um, I've never been married. Um, I do have a wonderful boyfriend. Um, and he has, he has been my rock through all of this. Um, and I, I do have my, my coworkers, my job has been really supportive, um, and, uh, an abundance of family and friends supporting right. me. So two, two different life paths. Um, so people can, can understand, okay, these are two completely different, um, women and you guys represent a good segment of women in our population in terms of kind of what your life is like. So um, unless you watch conservative news or research the mRNA vax in less mainstream websites, many people will only trust what is on the major news stations, which is what we're seeing is the propaganda of uncensored doctors and agencies, both federal and local, promoting the efficacy and safety of the mRNA vaccines. So what kinds of media did you witness that contributed to your decision? Uh, Stacey, do you want to start with that? What, where did you get your sure. information about the efficacy and safety of this vaccine from? Well, being on the road a lot, um, I don't really watch television. Um, I have some streaming services, but I have everything with no ads because I hate commercials. So most mm-hmm. of my media um, access is the radio. 
Um, and also like billboards and even like those little traffic signs like that they change the digital ones. They all say, get your vaccine, get vaccine safe, uh, do your part, do your part. Um, so the majority of that was what I would see all promoting, you know, this safe vaccine, the keywords, like the hot words were safe and do your part. Okay. And so you never got anything else from the, the media that, that you consume. What about Stacy? What about you? Where did you get your information about the, the vaccine from? Um, basically everything Stacy said. Um, yeah, I, I, we have a lot of billboards along I-5 in Washington and, um, uh, and yeah, they all say, get, get your vaccine, do your part, keep us safe, Washington, you know, um, and, and yeah, I do have a local media app on my phone. And so I get updates on the vaccine through that, um, saying it's safe. Right, right. And I totally, I, I'm, I'm also from the greater Seattle area and I am familiar with where most people get their news information on. Um, I visit my mother. My mother lives in Kent, Washington, and um, she has the local news stations on running all the time. So, um, and so when you're watching that for the whole pandemic, all I ever saw when it got to the vaccine was it's safe. It has a high efficacy. There was never anything discussed about possible adverse reactions or side effects, who should, who shouldn't, you know, none of that kind of information and that's all I've ever saw and that's all that you still ever see for the most part um when it comes to the local news stations on tv or on the radio so um so it seems like everybody is unless they're looking at these non-mainstream news outlets are getting much the same information all across the country and Stacy, you're in new york no i'm actually in ohio you're in ohio and stevie's in seattle so mm -hmm. So, so much across the country, much of the same information. So were either of you informed by the major news sources of any cheap or successful methods to treat COVID-19, such as ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, um, remesivir, I think it is, or a combination of vitamins, and any other easily accessible treatments that other countries worldwide, especially poor countries, have been using that helps with our natural immune system's efficacy against um, COVID-19. Would you guys come across any other information? No, not at all. No, me neither. Um, the only thing I can recall about like hydroxychloroquine is like there was this big fanatical news story about it and how um, President Trump was trying to, you know, endorse it and get it out there and everybody was calling him a lunatic and that, you know, he didn't know what he's talking about. He's not a doctor. So basically a lot of negative light shed on that hydroxychloroquine word. In fact, even when I mention it now, people kind of look at me like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, so that's all that, that's all that you got about um, any other medications or things that you can do to supplement, um, as an alternative to getting the mRNA vaccine. Stace, Stevie, what about you? Did you hear any other sources of information about cheap and successful methods to treat COVID-19, if you got it? No, absolutely not. Uh, basically, everything I heard was that wear a mask, hide away, social distance. If you get it, you're going to die, is basically all I heard. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. Okay. Um, now, were you guys 
scared of catching COVID-19? I mean, did, I mean, did that factor into your decision? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. They, they put so much fear into you. Of, of course you're going to be scared, you know, um, especially when it first started, no one had any idea what, what to do. Um, and so, yeah, it was very, fear is definitely a factor. Okay. Yeah. When it all first came out, my anxiety was through the roof um, because it was extremely um, eerie and kind of like being in the twilight zone. It was very, um, it was very weird. Plus then they have you isolated and then everything you see on the news is people dying and like refrigerated trucks full of bodies and just, I mean, all this crazy stuff. So yeah, I was terrified of catching it at first. I will say that that fear dissipated somewhat because I knew people that had it around me that were like, you know, sick, obviously very sick for a few days, but then they were fine. Um, and older people, you know, people my age. So, mm-hmm. you know, as time that fear kind of dissipated, but my biggest fear for me during the whole thing was giving it to my mom. She has COPD. So I didn't ever want to be responsible for killing my mom and giving it to her. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So Stevie, um, where did the fear come from? Where did this fear of COVID-19, um, where did it come from? The media. Media. The, to the media outlets that you were consuming, all of the, the news about um, the, the, the direness of COVID is where, but did you know anybody in your, at all that, that uh, in your life that, I mean, that had COVID, just like Stacy was saying, she knew people that had COVID, so it kind of simmered the fear? I, I knew nobody. I think I knew one mm-hmm. acquaintance of a friend um, whose family member got it, you know, just very, I, I didn't know all the details. Um, but, but yeah, literally no one around me, I knew got it. I do know of people now, uh, who have, who have gotten it, but it's one or two, um, right. two people. Right. And Stacy, um, all of the fear that, that you had, um, had with COVID-19 again, came from the media outlets that you were getting the information from. I would primarily say that was Facebook because, um, Facebook. like, okay. I, yeah, like I mentioned before, I don't really watch the news or anything like that, but it was tons of Facebook posts and, you know, just like friends posting and sharing news stories about, you know, people dying by in droves and just stuff like that. So, okay. yeah. All right. So um, now did you guys feel any pressures to um, get it as part of your civic duty? From yes. family, friends, or work. Hundred um, Yep. Can you explain that pressure that you felt that contributed to your decision? Yeah, I I felt like if I if I didn't get the vaccine, then I would be hurting my community. I would be putting my community, my friends, my family at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, working in a in a veterinary hospital, you know. We, we go see clients, we, you know, we see dogs, uh, you know, a lot. And, um, and so I just wanted, I wanted to protect everyone. Right, right. Yeah. So, and Stacy, was, was there family reasons for why you decided that this was the, going to be the thing that, that you were going to do is to take the vaccine as a way to mitigate potential COVID-19 that could be dire? Uh, yeah, my mother has um, uh, COPD, which is a lung disorder for people that don't know. It's mm-hmm. actually a respiratory, uh, chronic respiratory illness. So um, I was 
terrified from day one for her catching it. So uh, I, because I travel so much for work, I was terrified of possibly bringing it to her because I travel to hotspots, Chicago, Atlanta, um, New York City, New York City especially scared me at the time. Um, so, you know, I felt the same as Stevie. I needed to do my, mainly my mother um, from getting the virus. Right, right. And a lot of people will have somebody in their family who is on a vulnerable population, whether it's seniors or somebody who has a pre-existing condition, um, completely understandable. Um, and you even said that even Stacy and Stevie, you even said that as you're driving through the freeway, you will see signs and billboards on the freeway tickets that say, get your vaccine, you know, completely safe. Or even if you're watching um, anything on YouTube or any of the media outlets, um, you will get the same message. Do it for your mom. Do it for your family. Do it for do it for blah, 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 blah. So that was a, that that seemed to be a consistent message throughout the country. And so you guys previewed to that as well. OK, so, you know, what do you say to people who vaccine shame or bully others into getting it by calling them selfish? They're going to catch COVID-19 and kill others, that they're right-wing extremists, the conspiracists, that they're Republican, uh, that they're Christian and a religious zealots, um, or even that their vaccine won't work unless everybody gets it. I mean, what was, what was your thoughts to that group? United, you got United we stand, divided we fall. They are, they're trying to divide us. And so if we you know, put everyone in a different category and then hate on all of them, we're, we're going to be so divided that, that we're, we're going to implode. Yeah. We need to stand together. Right. Now, before you got the vaccine, I mean, you had a, I mean, did you have a certain opinion about those other groups who did not want to get it? You didn't have an opinion. Stacey, what about you? I, I, I would never be that person um, who, there are some people who get the vaccine and kind of like shove it in your face kind of thing. Mm. Like, Oh, I got the vaccine, you know, um, and wear it as a badge of honor. Um, and, and they do put that, that hate out. Mm -hmm. And, and Stacy, yeah. did, did you have a certain perspective about people who were, who early on did not want to get the vaccine for their own personal reasons? Um, actually I was pretty indifferent about that because mm -hmm. I know that it was a very personal decision and it's not for everyone and um you know the, there were murmurings about the vaccine you know the blood clots and stuff so when that stuff came out with the j and j it was pretty much right before i got my shot um that you know made me go yeah i, I don't know if i would recommend this for everyone especially with blood clots is a scary thing you know right right well did the idea of vaccine potential vaccine passports or you get certain privileges if you get the vaccine or even like the idea of bribes such as lottery, winning a lottery, did that influence any of your decision-making? No, <laughs> no. Uh, I actually kind of thought that was very absurd that we were going to you know, use that as a, a facilitator for people to get the shot. I thought that was pretty, pretty out there. But, and I felt that way since they started you know, really heavily pushing that stuff. Right, right. And Stacey, I mean, did, tra did, did any of those factors in into your decision or, or even like, I have to get it because I want to travel. Did that concept ever come up in your mind? Um, it, exactly what Stacey said. Like, I just couldn't believe they were pushing it and it just, it just didn't, it didn't feel right. Okay. All right. So you guys had some inklings that maybe um, things weren't 
weren't right with this. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to clarify to people the difference between side effects and um, adverse reactions, okay? Side effects are minor symptoms such as fever, headaches, maybe a swellness in the injection site. Adverse oh. reactions are life-threatening illnesses such as heart attacks, tremors, or even death, okay? Mm -hmm. Those are adverse reactions. And when you got the vaccines, did any of these disclaimers about life-threatening adverse reactions that could develop over the next months or even possibly years. Did any of these disclaimers sh shown to either you ladies before you got it? No. Mm -hmm. I was only warned verbally uh, about blood clots and allergies. They verbally told me that and then I signed a little electronic thing. Did, when you signed the electronic thing, did it say anything else? Like, did it have a small disclaimer on the bottom? That no, it's literally just a little pad that's just for your signature. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, what about you, Stacey? Yeah, it was the same with me. Um, and, and actually, they didn't warn me of any side effects whatsoever. Uh, all they did was ask me if I had any severe, like, um, allergies. And I told them I'm allergic to penicillin and uh, Brazil nuts. Uh, that was it. That was all they asked me is if I had any allergies. And then I signed the same thing, like a little signature pad. And they told me that was for consent to treat, you know, which is typical, like normal standard procedure. There were no uh, warnings or pamphlets or anything. And I actually pulled out my paperwork from that day. And there's nothing listed on anything about any of these possible side effects, especially not adverse reactions. So what kind of what kind of reactions did the, 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 the disclaimers that you guys read even say that you could possibly developed did they say anything just blood clots and allergies blood clots and allergies that's it yeah the one i have just said you know fever chills you know like the normal flu symptoms that you could expect oh, and that was yeah. it yeah. yeah that stuff too yeah okay and and it it supposedly is working when you get that yeah they that's they did take, uh, like even some of my nurse friends were like wow mm -hmm. you must have a really strong immune system because you're really sick that means it's doing its job okay so, so, so you guys were expecting to get really, really sick and that, and, and that the vaccine is doing its job and it's, it's completely normal to get really sick. Yeah. So yeah. that's what the, that's, that's, so those are the only disclaimers that you guys were given. So, um, ladies, uh, walk, walk me through the day that you got your first shot. So, um, Stevie, you want to go first? Walk, what happened when you got your first shot? Um, I walked in, they had, um, they had a person every six feet and they had everything coned off. So in kind of a line. So I walked through the line and if you walk in and look confused, the people standing there will, will direct you like this, like go that way. And so they kind of uh, assembly line you down. Um, and then there were, um, oh gosh, I don't know how many, eight to 10 stands with the plastic guard up and two people at each stand in front of computers. And so when you walk up to them, um, you just go to whichever mm. one is available. Um, mm. And then they, they told me um, about the, the possibility of blood clots, allergies, what the side effects would be, or, um, and, then, um, uh, and then had me sign. Um, I walked over, um, they, showed me the, they showed me the vial, and then mm -hmm. they showed my lot number on the, on the card, and then they did um, it in my left arm and it was a volunteer firefighter. Um, he is the one who 
gave it to me. It wasn't a nurse. It wasn't a doctor. It was a volunteer right. firefighter. So it, it was at a, um, a pop-up site that you went to. Yeah, so, um, uh, there was a sports authority that had closed down in a mall near me, mm-hmm. um, in, in Auburn. And so I went, um, uh, you had to make an appointment. And so I went to that site. Okay. Okay. And did you get any adverse reactions or any kind of side effects after the first shot? I never got the second shot. Um, my oh, neurologist, okay. my neurologist told me, yeah, my neurologist told me to not get the second vaccine. Um, okay. So, so, so let me get this straight. So you got the first shot and which, which version of the, which brand of the MRNA vax did you get? Pfizer. You got the Pfizer. So you got the first shot and then um, did you start developing any kind of side effects or adverse reactions after that day? Um, so I did have, um, the first day I had really sore arm. Like I, I couldn't even like lift my arm up. It was like someone punched me and I was bruised. Um, mm-hmm. and then I had fatigue. And so I called out of work and I slept for, uh, like a day or two. And then, um, uh, May 3rd, um, is when I had to go, uh, I had to leave work, um, cause I was having, uh, severe symptoms at that point. So how many, so was it like two weeks after the initial shot that you started moving from small side effects to something so severe that you had to quit your job? Uh, yes, I, I, um, I have not quit. I, uh, my job has been absolutely amazing. Um, and so I'm on medical paid medical leave, okay. uh, which, um, I just got the paperwork done. So I'm not sure when that's going to start. What kind of adverse reactions were so severe that you needed to go on, on um, FMLA? Uh, the, so it started with um, severe menstrual bleeding. I had severe bleeding um, with clots about that big. Um, and then mm. severe pain. I was in the fetal position for about four days. Um, and then it, uh, and then the muscle weakness, muscle fatigue, chronic fatigue. I felt like I was holding a boulder constantly, like one of those. Um, strongman competition boulders and I just felt so heavy um and, and tired and then it uh it progressed into full body tremors um and I do have full body paralysis episodes okay and so the full body paralysis and tremors um because you're not tremoring right now did um are you taking right. something for that um so uh, I did FSM therapy um Mm. I can't quite, uh, frequency specific microcurrent therapy, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just learned about this. Um, and then I did ozone therapy yesterday. Um, I am feeling better, but, but again, with, Mm. with rest, it goes away. Um, and then with activity, it gets worse. So I was puppy sitting Mm. the other day and just, you know, just to kind of lift my spirits, um, you know, to have a puppy for a couple hours, just the act of petting and playing with the puppy triggered me so bad, which is the video that you saw. Um, so it triggers the, tr- it triggers the tremors for you? Yes. Or activity. If I, if I walk, any run, shower, pet a dog and any activity. So this is, this is my home now. Huh. And when, when you got the, when you got your first shot, did you like, did you post it on your social media? Did you let everybody know? Okay. Yeah, so. I, actually, I actually have a post that says, oh my gosh, I was so nervous, but everyone made me feel really comfortable. It went really well. I'm, you know, I'm a little sore, but I'm okay. Kind of post. Um, 
and I posted my my card with my lot number. Do you have your card? I I, I do. Do you want me to go grab it? Yeah, go grab it um, really quick. So the because I know mm -hmm. some people are gonna be like, I don't believe you. You did it. Let me see your card. <laughs> <laughs> so for those naysayers, um, Stacy, how about you? How about your story? What what? Walk us through the day that you got your first shot because Stevie did not get her second shot before she developed adverse reaction. Um, I actually didn't have my adverse reaction until my second shot. Um, my first shot went fine. I had a sore arm. That was about it. And it wasn't even that sore. Um, the day of my second shot, I, both times I got the shot, I went with my brother at the exact same time just to ride together because we went to a place mm -hmm. that was like minutes away. So mm -hmm. um, the day of the second shot, um, I had become I had become more nervous about it at that point because more stuff was coming out about the blood clots and um, all that they had just pulled the J and J not too long before that so I was nervous. Um, so, um, so why I did you do it? Why did you go through with it after hearing a couple of warning signs that you were not really positive about? Help, help us to understand why even after you hear some um, disclaimers that you weren't privy to before, why you moved, what, what, was, what was the thought process for moving forward even after hearing some, this, some um, warning signs? Uh, mainly because the Pfizer, I picked Pfizer because it was supposedly the best one out of the three. Um, and I also felt uh, more comfortable with that because you know they pulled, they actually pulled the one that was causing the reaction. So I thought, you know, in my mind, it was like, well, maybe they had the, the formula wrong or, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, but I did pick Pfizer because, you know, at the time it had the best numbers, the best, you know, on, online, what I looked up, the best, um, I mean, you know, like the, the efficacy of it was the highest. So mm -hmm. uh, that's why. And also because of the timing. Um, oh. weird, you know, it's, <laughs> it's hard for me to... Um, be in town at certain times and make appointments so I, I knew that if I missed it I would um probably not get it in time so that was another motivating factor that I had to have it within that certain time frame yeah um so Stevie was just showing us for the podcast listeners on audio audio she was just showing us her vaccination card so mm -hmm. she she did get it um <laughs> so Stacey, so you went with your brother to, to get the shot. The first shot, um, as you said, you just had um, some swelling on the injection site and maybe a, a mild fever and you're fine. And then you decided, oh, well, the J&J uh, the, the, the got pulled. So I'm good with the one that has high efficacy. So I went, right. went forward. Okay. Yeah, the first shot, I actually had no, no uh, fever, nothing. Oh, just, nothing, just okay. Just a tiny sore arm, just a little bit. I want to make that clear because- okay. I had like, literally no indication that I was going to have a reaction to the second one because um, my brother actually had a worse sore arm and felt worse than me on the first shot. So I was oh, like, really? well, yeah. <laughs> so um, when we went in. Interesting. So your brother had a worse reaction with the first shot. You got nothing. And then you guys both decided to go forward with the second one. Okay. Yeah. And, and mainly because um, a big motivating factor was that my birthday was coming up um, April 25th was my 40th birthday and we got our shot on April 20th and we wanted to get together with the family for my birthday. So we were trying to, you know, see mom and have everybody together because we hadn't had any, everybody together since the pandemic. So we were all like looking forward and excited. And, you know, so, yeah. yeah we were... So, um, 
Yeah, that's 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 one of the, that's the one of the things in a lot of the news broadcasts is they will do um, a coverage of see all these people being social. It's because of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So so you you were privy to that information and that was your thought process for why you went forward with the second one even after you um, had your your inklings about maybe this is not a good idea for you. So you went and got the second one. What happened after you got the second one? Um, so we waited the allotted amount of time. My brother and I both have allergies, so we had to wait an extra long time and nothing happened while we were at the facility. And we went to like a pop-up place too. Um, so we went out to lunch afterwards. We were eating at a chili place here in town and that would have probably been about an hour, hour and a half after the shot time. Mm -hmm. Um, and while we were sitting there at lunch, um, I looked at him and I was like, I feel weird. Do you feel weird? And he reminded me of me saying this actually a few weeks ago. Um, and he's like, no, I feel fine. I don't feel, you know, and so I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just psyching myself out and I'm, you know, being mental or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I went to the car and I looked at my face, my face was completely red. Like it do- still does. Uh, and it just kept getting worse and more hot. And then I ended up with this really bad headache at the base of my skull. It felt like somebody cracked the baseball bat at the base of my skull. Like it's severe headache. Um, so I popped some Tylenol, you know, tried to lay down. Um, you know, cause they told you to expect those things that you're going to feel like crap for, you know, a day or so. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, here, we go. um, that headache never went away. It's still, I still get it every day. Um, it doesn't get as severe as that, but anyway, that was the first two symptoms I had was the rash on my face and the headache. Then it progressed into a fever. Um, I was having, uh, weakness in my hands. I couldn't uh, really grip things or pick them up. Um, and then, uh, I just, the headache was so severe. That was what actually prompted my first trip to the ER. I went to the ER three days after I got my second shot. Right. So after you had a second shot, you, I mean, within what, an hour, two hours, you started getting some very, very um, serious reactions for the headache and mm-hmm. the, the, the skin reaction. So, and, 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 and so that, that happened the first couple of hours. And then you went to the ER within how many, what, what time frame? Um, it was in within uh, three days, three, maybe three four days. days. I got my shot on a Wednesday, I believe. And I think I went to the ER on Friday or Saturday. What happened at the ER? Um, they, they checked me for, they did a CT scan and everything. Cause you know, obviously they were aware of the blood clots and, and whatnot. Um, when they did some labs, my D dimer came back high, which it still reads high, which is an indicator of blood clots. So they were checking me for all that. Um, the main thing they treated was my headache because I was in such severe pain. Um, so they gave me some IV medication for the headache to try to get it calmed down. It wasn't responding to medication. I was mm-hmm. still uh, very, you know, very vocal about the fact that this wasn't working and something was wrong because there was just so much pressure in my head. I couldn't even explain it. Like it was, it was the worst headache I've ever had in my life. Um, oh, did it feel like your brain was going to explode? A lot of pressure at the top of my head, but also at the base of my skull. Like it's the weirdest it's feeling. Like your brain was on fire. Yeah, it. Yeah. It, it, so I had that. So when I went, uh, I tried to go camping. I wasn't going to do anything strenuous. My boyfriend was driving. Um, we went up to the mountains, and 4 a.m. the next day, I had my whole left side down to my shoulder was in excruciating pain. I felt like my brain was on fire. I started vomiting, um, mm-hmm. and they they called it a cluster headache. Yeah. Okay. So a cluster headache is, is and so it, it's really debilitating and you still get these, 
these types of debilitating headaches? Yes. No. Yes. Okay, Stephen. No, Stacey, yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. It's one of my worst symptoms. Um, it, and what what I forgot to mention with the headache was the extreme dizziness. The dizziness and the vertigo has been one of my other biggest symptoms, and they still haven't figured out what the cause of that is. But um, yeah. So just like Stevie, whenever I do too much, meaning um, clean my house a little bit or walk to the mailboxes outside to get my mail or something, if I do something like that, I can set myself off and I have what I call a flare um, and I'll be on the couch or in the bed for the rest of the day because it just it gives me the headache. I get vertigo so bad. I feel like I'm spinning, like I've drank too much and my head is just, you know, um, and I get like this extreme, like she said, like you're carrying a boulder around. That's what it feels like. Your body feels heavy. My fever will spike. Um, and it's, it's just from doing, trying to do normal things, just normal activities. Okay. And, did, oh, and is there, did you get any other kind of symptoms that are severe? Um, is it, that, that's probably the most severe ones that I have is the, um, the extreme headache, the very bad vertigo, um, the extreme fatigue. Um, I do the, the muscle weakness. That's, uh, that's one that I can't, like, I don't have any strength. Like I used to, I used to be able to like lift a case of water and carry it up in the car and stuff like that. I can't do that mm-hmm. anymore. Um, so I'd say those are the, probably the worst. I'm not as bad off as like Stevie with the tremors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it's impossible to live with, with the ones that I do have, because like I said, if I do just too much of anything, it knocks me flat on my butt. Yeah. And you're the primary bread maker for your family. Yes. Yep. So if you are out of commission, not able to work, who takes care of the family? Exactly. <laughs> I haven't figured that out yet. Uh, luckily, I've had some generous donations from GoFundMe to let, let me rest, but I have been, um, I have worked through it and pushed myself and then I yeah. paid for it endlessly because you know, I don't have a choice financially. I have to pay my bills. Nobody's going to pay my bills if I don't. So yeah, um, this I is something to... that people need to think about before, it, it, before they, they go and get an experimental mRNA vaccine, that mm-hmm. if they do get a adverse reaction, they better have a game plan for who's going to take care of their family and themselves. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is never part of the decision-making. No, not for me. I mean, uh, like I said, I, I had no clue that any of these things that, that a lifelong debilitating physical illness could happen from a shot. I had no idea. No idea. And neither of you guys had anything before that. You guys were healthy. Yep. Um, I didn't even have a GP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I had just actually, because I was turning 40, I had just had a physical and like a complete blood workup done at my doctor and everything was clear. The only health problems that I've had is that I'm, I'm overweight, obviously, and that, um, I have asthma. So. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and other than that, you, you don't take, do you guys take any kind of medications for like your asthma or anything like that? So it's not bad enough that you need medication. Rescue inhaler for like if I do get an asthma attack, mine's mostly triggered by heat and humidity. So mm. I usually use it a couple times a year, so it's not severe. Right. And Stacy, your brother didn't get anything after his second shot, just you? No, just me. His arm was a little sore, I do believe. He told me that, but that was it. He had no reaction from his second shot. He was actually okay. worse on this and I was I had nothing. And then on the second one, he had nothing and I was bad. Right. Well, did you post, Stacey, did you, did you post um, anything on social media to kind of let people know that you got your second shot and what you were getting? No, actually I didn't. Um, right. I, I, I didn't feel like 
it was a stamp of honor or anything. It was just literally me trying to, um, you know, make my family happy and make my mom happy and not worry so much and ease my mind as well. Cause I, I didn't want to affect my mom. That was my biggest motivator. Right. Which is completely understandable. Most people who, who, who choose to go get it, they're thinking about the family members. Uh, they're doing uh-huh. the civic. They're doing the civic duties. So, um, completely understandable. Now, do you have your vaccine card just to prove it to those people who want to want to see that? I do. Um, I can have my son grab it for me if you give me. Yeah. Just a second. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I'm going to ask uh, while you do that. I'm going to ask Stevie this question. So, um, Stevie, what happened when you tried to share your verse reactions on social media, such as Facebook, YouTube, any other social sharing platform? Um, I actually went immediately to Facebook groups um, that were specifically talking about adverse reactions. So I kind oh, of really, I kind I of took those down. A, I kind of made a platform and timeline story um, that I would I would copy and paste, and I copied and pasted it to probably thirty different vaccine adverse reaction or or things like that sites, and so I. I was just desperate. I was like, is anyone experiencing this? Like, why is this happening to me? Um, and that's how I got connected with the people I'm connected with now. Right. And um, are those uh, adverse reaction uh, Facebook groups, are they still up? Because I, they yeah. are still up. So, um, and so when you share content um, on that, or even when you share content on your Facebook timeline, did you, did you get any kind of, mm-hmm. Um, pop up that says misinformation fact checked yes. uh this is not true you know any any of those did it trigger any of the ai algorithm that um that is is designed to um my, my account auto against vaccine hesitancy for other people who look at what you put out there yeah so a, a lot of what i post says that on it and i i now have a warning i have been shut down from doing live for 30 days oh really um, oh can't advertise which i don't do any advertising but i thought that was a weird one to throw in there um but but yeah so um i was uh shut down the other day for posting something else that was unrelated to the vaccine and and was not against community guidelines so they're they're definitely watching me okay so um so you shared your material and you were sharing your adverse reactions outside of the facebook groups on your own personal timeline to your friends and family and you were even on facebook live and you were getting like shut down so nobody's supposed to see what you have to say basically okay and unless unless somebody knows you personally and goes directly to your facebook timeline would did you get any inkling that other people in your network were seeing your, your content? I'm, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? Um, and so did you get any, um, any inkling that your family and friends were seeing your content in their timeline or was it only if they went directly to your Facebook timeline that they would see your material? No, they, they were seeing it. Yeah. They were seeing they, it. Yeah. My, yeah. My close family and friends were seeing it. Yeah. And I created my own support group. Um, because I made my, my Facebook public. So I have a, a kind of closed support group for people I, I know are supportive mm-hmm. you know, and, and will not post negativity. Okay. So, um, okay. And, and so the platform that you're sharing is Facebook. And so you just, you can't do any Facebook live. So like, if you're going to your doctor's office for some kind of check it, they won't, you can't post that. 
kind of content, but you can post some. Well, like Stacy, I'm also on TikTok. Stacy actually helped me get my TikTok started because I'm I'm really not a crazy social media person, and I I honestly before this would never put a video of myself up um, being super self conscious. Um, and so she helped me build build my followers. She did a duet with me or stitched me in, mm. um, and so she she helped get the word out for me as well. And and that that alone, Stacy, thank you so much. You you have. Um, mm. You've brought a lot of great people into my life. Good. You guys, are, you guys are like soul sisters through the verse reactions from the vaccine now. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Stacey, what what was your experience when you tried to share your verse reactions on social media platforms? Actually, uh, I didn't. I <laughs> I I skipped Facebook altogether and I went straight to TikTok because I knew about the censorship on Facebook. To be honest. Oh, um, really? How how did you know about that? Cause I'm just, I, I just know they, they have had it out for me they actually deleted my page last year. Um, because I, I actually, um, when men are disrespectful to me on dating sites and stuff, I post their information and post oh. my comments and stuff <laughs> and they don't, um, they don't like that. They, so they've censored me a lot. So I was like, well, mm. I'll just tick tock, but, um, yeah, I was actually, I commented on somebody's uh, post yesterday and I mentioned a little bit of my story and I put the hashtag, we will be heard. And my comment was immediately deleted. Immediately. On TikTok, huh? No, on, on Facebook. Yeah. On Facebook. Okay. Facebook. Yeah. yeah. TikTok has only deleted one of my videos um, and that's because somebody reported me for bullying. It's, it, it's But okay. it's not related to the vaccine that you took and the first reaction. <laughs> okay. So TikTok yeah. is allowing you to, sh- to vlog your experience. Um, yes. and others are able to see Facebook is not allowing Stevie to vlog her live um, experience for others to see. But right. both of you guys experience um, censorship on Facebook and having your comments deleted um, mm-hmm. because it went against their their guidelines of um, promoting vaccine hesitancy. Yeah, I actually posted a an actual document from the FDA the other day because I just wanted people to see that these this information including it with the vaccine information it's, mm-hmm. it's still there um and immediately it got flagged because they're like this is this is uh you're not giving enough context or whatever I'm like I literally posted a federal document like mm-hmm. the link real document and they wanted to take my post down <laughs> so that's right. It's not even bothering me with Facebook, really. I'm sticking with TikTok because Facebook is taking it. it they just don't, they are paid. They're paid. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people, so do, do, do sharing your story and your experience to give people um, another perspective besides it's safe, it's the efficacy is high. There's nothing negative ever to experience about this for the most part besides a couple minor side effects that is showing that your immune system works, um, you guys actually experience why people aren't seeing this information, not mm-hmm. even from their friends and family. Okay, mm-hmm. so, you, so, so you're supposed to suffer silently on your own? Is that how it's supposed to be? Is yeah, that, I'm, what, I'm what was your impressions of this? Sorry, <laughs> I'm really questioning where our freedom of speech goes. You know, where, where did it go? Yeah, yeah. Because um, it, it, it seems that tech big tech is doing um a disservice to the public and by the time it is all out the damage has been done yeah and the thing is it's trickling into the medical community community as well because the doctor who admitted me to the hospital when I went to the hospital a month after 
my second shot because I was so sick. Um, he was the first person who took me seriously. He literally sat down and told me about ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, all this stuff. And then he had to say afterwards, please don't tell my staff members because I've already gotten in trouble and been written up for being anti-vax because mm. I, I don't believe in this vaccine. And so I, right. my job is fine. So please just keep it between you and I, but I am going to get you admitted and get you the care that you need and get these tests that you need because I believe you. So right. yeah, it's trickling down to the medical community, which also is scary because, you know, um, people can be as passionate as they want about not believing in the vax, but they're not going to give up their salary and their license that they've worked their whole life for, for that, you know, they're back into right. a form. Right. So you even, so Stacey, you even came across, um, censored doctors, not necessarily even censored doctors, um, in media trying to get information mm-hmm. out, but right. doctors being censored in their everyday practice that they will get their license completely revoked if they, link it at all to the mRNA vaccine. Exactly. Yeah. We've been threatened. They've had like meetings about it. He said that they, their whole board of directors has had several meetings about it and they are not allowed to say anything anti-vax. They're not even supposed to mention ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, any of that. Those are all considered hot words, he said. And he said he almost was in tears watching me suffer because he's like, I'm seeing more and more and more of you. And it's like, I feel like I can't do anything. He's like, but I'm not letting you go home today because you're not well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there are different story on on that. Sorry. Right, right. Well, so, so it seems like there are doctors who are working, um, kind of incognito with their practice and trying to help people who suffer from vaccine injury without getting their um, practice or their license revoked. I mean, what? I mean, Stevie, what do you say to some doctors who say that your illness, following the jab in the months and years ahead would have happened anyways. It would have happened anyways. You, you would have already gotten these symptoms. They're not linked to the, to the, the MRNA vax. What do you say to that? I actually had a, uh, an ER doctor put on my medical records, uh, adverse reaction to Pfizer, Pfizer COVID vaccine. He put Pfizer vaccine on the diagnosis. Did that stay or was it, did it stay on your record? Yes. I have a screenshot of it or I I had, I took a picture of it on my screen. So are you guys keeping physical paper copies of all your medical records just as a backup, just in case it's it's, it's being shown that you can't even trust the system to do no harm. Correct. So, okay. So you guys are doing so, so, so Stevie, what, what was your experience um, going to the doctors and going, this is related to the vax, this is related to the vax. What was your experience? Because Stacy's saying nobody wanted to help her and linked it to the vax and that these symptoms that she's experiencing would have happened anyways. They're already going to happen regardless of whether she got the vaccine or not. They're not related, except mm-hmm. for one person secretly said, I'm going to help you, but I just can't disclose it publicly with, mm-hmm. with some cheaper solutions. Yeah, it's been, it's been hard. I uh, went to four different hospitals, 10 ER visits. Um, I had a really uh, severe and traumatic uh, situation happen in one of those hospitals during a full paralysis episode. What happened? Um, it, it, it is, it is hard to talk about, um, but uh, basically I was in a full paralysis episode four nurses walked up to me and told me uh, to get in the, in the wheelchair. Um, and 
I was laid over across, my nose was bleeding. And then they, um, they were frustrated with me in their tone. They said, Stevie, you need to get in the wheelchair. We know you can move while I could not move. So I started crying, of course, I'm completely helpless. And these nurses who are supposed to be helping me are basically saying I'm, I'm crazy and I'm faking it and I can move. Um, and so, and so, yeah, I did, I did have a, a breakdown. Um, it was the most helpless feeling I have ever experienced. And I still have nightmares, um, because of it. Um, but they, um, they picked me up by my pants and plopped me into the wheelchair and I couldn't move. So when they let me go, I was dead weight and I went over the side uh, of the wheelchair. And mm-hmm. then they took me back into a room. It was not a room with a bed. It was room, a small room with a chair for like psychiatric patients or, you know, someone who doesn't need a, a bed. Um, they then, um, and, and I just want to say there was no sexual assault involved. Um, just, just rights being violated. Um, they, uh, had about four or five people lift me up again, dead weight. I cannot move. Mm. Um, and, uh, they changed me with the curtain open and my room was directly across from the desk to check in for the ER. Um, and then at that point I was, I was crying severely. Uh, that was all I could do. Um, was was cry and um, I asked them to call my emergency contacts and they did not I checked with my emergency contacts I had been in the hospital so many times so I knew that their phone numbers names addresses were all up to date there was no way that they should not have been able to get in contact with them Um, and they did not call either of my two emergency contacts right so you took yourself to the ER Stevie Yes. Yeah. So, um, so the, the full body paralysis episodes, they start as severe tremors and then they get worse and worse and worse. And so I, I was at such a bad level of tremoring that I was like, I need help. I'm going to go full paralysis. I'm on my own. Um, I was able to drive myself there, but by time I got there and got in, um, to the waiting room, the, the paralysis was starting to set in and right. And, and that's when it all started. And right. I, I when you start doing one, activity is when it starts working. Correct. In, yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had been out and about because I was going to um, an OBGYN appointment because I had a ruptured cyst on May 30th after my vaccine. Right. So you, you're, you were seeing um, an OBGYN for female um, blood clots and bleeding. So you went into the ER, they, they, they were callous and insensitive. They changed you. And then what happened when you, um, cause obviously you're not in the ER anymore. Right. Yeah. So uh, after that, they stabbed me in both shoulders with some kind of anti-anxiety drug, which made me paralyzed groggy, uh, even more. I couldn't even mm-hmm. defend myself. Um, and I was trying to get to the hospital so fast that I didn't even text my boyfriend where I was going. I just needed to get there. And so, um, he had to call around to hospitals, finally found me after four hours. And when he came in and told them everything, mm-hmm. I did a psyche eval and they let me go. That's all it did. was to give you a psyche eval. Yep. Did, it, did they so do they anything about the tremors or the blood. paralysis or any of the they other symptoms? Blood. No, nope. They took blood, had a psyche eval and sent me on my way. 
So that's what that's what the ER did. Yep. Uh -huh. That's amazing. My, my first ER visit, they uh, gave me anti what was it? Uh, an antipsychotic drug called haloperidol because they thought that I was just making it up. Yeah. Anxiety. It's an anxiety attack. You're just it's on it's in your head. That's what they tell you. Okay, that and that and that. So you got you got that for your 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 first ER visit for this. Yep. Okay. So what I mean, you've gotten you've got you you two have gotten some help. So how many ER visits? How many? What was the process in trying to find a doctor who's actually going to treat you guys for the symptoms that came after getting the the vaccine? Well, after my experience at the hospital um, and them trying to tell me that it was just anxiety and just, you know, basically writing me off and letting me go, I didn't try the hospital again. So I started really focusing okay, on cool. my, yeah, yeah, I started focusing on my GP and trying to like, hey, here the, here's this. So I just kept making appointments and kept going in and kept saying, here I am, here I am, here I am. Um, and after about a month of that, because they just kept telling me, because at the time I was running a fever all the time uh, you know, morning to night all, all the time. So they were like, just take Tylenol, just take ibuprofen, just keep your fever down, keep your fever down. Well, after and how long does your fevers last? You said a month long. Yeah. I had had a fever for a month. I actually still get fevers every day. And this is day number 70. This is 10 weeks. Um, so at that point I was still having the fevers all day long. And, uh, so I, I went to my doctor for one of those. I'm like, we need to run some blood tests. I started to just advocate for myself. Um, mm -hmm we need this blood test. We need this. What if it's this? What if it's that? So I was actually going into a lab appointment to get some draws done. And from walking from the, the entrance door to the lab door, which was probably about 25 feet. Um, I was panting, which it still happens. I, I get short of breath because of the inflammation in my body and my heart is working extra hard. It beats extra hard now. Um, mm -hmm. panting and they, so they brought over the little OSAT thing and my oxygen, my blood ox had dropped and my pulse was like 160. And so they immediately sent me to the ER and that's when I got in touch with that doctor who has, you know, kind of put the ball in motion of me getting some help. Um, and since then I've just been advocating for myself, doing tons of research online, figuring out, you know, what are my symptoms? What is, you know, what could it possibly be? Um, I saw a rheumatologist Friday who actually said, you know what, it sounds like you are having an adverse reaction to the vaccine that I want you to go to Cleveland clinic. So he was only the second doctor that has been like, yeah, this sounds like. And how many doctors did you go to before you got two doctors who actually had a clue that this was related? Um, I think I had me, I went to the doctor, like, I don't know, seven or eight times. And I saw different people because I would just see whoever was available. Um, and, you know, not to mention the, the doctors that saw me while I was hospitalized. I saw about mm. 13 doctors while I was in there. Um, and all 13 so, did what? Um, basically, we're just like, I would tell them, you know, my symptoms, they would just kind of be like, hmm. And, and this started when? I'm like an hour and a half after my vaccine. Hmm. It was just a, hmm, interesting. I get the, I get the, mm, thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, I get that all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that, that, there's something wrong with the medical community. So this is mm -hmm. how they're treating, because typically most people go to, most people go, go to one doctor and then you just take whatever mm -hmm. that person says. But right. um, if, if the smart, they'll get a, a, a second or maybe even a third opinion, but you had to go to like 13 opinions in the, in the hospital to just get mm -hmm. the, hmm, that's too bad. Yeah um yeah. stonewall and then you find you just so just have to just keep on 
trying and trying and trying and just kind of hoping and praying that somebody is going to not push you away and, and, and actually try to help you. Yeah, and actually take it seriously and not try to tell me, you know, uh, you have no way of verifying that this from the vaccine, this could have been, you know, you could have already had an autoimmune disorder. You could have already, you know, had liver problems or kidney problems. And I'm like, but I didn't. I did, I did not. Yep, I did not. Yeah. Right, right. So, um, right. So that they, they, they. So whatever illnesses or symptoms that you develop after the vaccine, it's not related to the vaccine, and it would have already happened anyways. You would already had already got this, whether you got it or not. Or were yeah, crazy. That's what, yep. yeah, that's right. what they try to do. Yeah. That's what. So that's what all these thirteen plus doctors kept on trying to tell you was. You are going to get this. Yeah, already. we can't figure out exactly what's causing it or what the root cause is, but you know, it, it can't be the vaccine. You know, what I mean, that's just it's and it's insane to me that they can say that when I'm I'm telling them. I mean, of course, they weren't there with me. They don't know for sure. They have to take my word for it that this started an hour and a half after the vaccine. But um, still, you're supposed to listen to your patient and and let them tell you what's going on. Nobody knows their body better than the patient themselves, so you're supposed to listen to what's going on. And to me. It's just common sense that the link is the vaccine, you know, I don't know. Right. why. I mean, I know why they're so hesitant to admit that. They don't want to lose their license. Yep. That's what some of the doctors. Severe that, pressure. And, yeah, and so peer medical pressure. pressure. They don't want to, they don't want the peer pressure from their peers. Mm-hmm. The yep. ones who, the one who's, who truly believe the vaccine is the only way out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a lot going on in the medical community currently that people are going who have reverse reactions like you two have experienced are going to come across. And this is what they can expect mm-hmm. could, could and will happen to them. And it's because yes. there is a lot of pressure also in the medical community to continue mm-hmm. to support the, the mRNA vaccine and um, anything against it or any alternative to it, they could lose their license. Right. That's, that's, that's some dangerous pressure. Um, for even the doctors who are trying to do the job um, as well. Mm-hmm. So now, now Stevie, you, you had something you wanted to say about going to all these different specialists telling you that in your head and that, because both of you ladies had medical records showing that prior to getting the mRNA shot, you're healthy. So you, and mm-hmm. then now afterwards, you have medical records of doctor visits after doctor visits for various symptoms, various adverse reactions, on and on and on the appointments for different things go on after the shot. So even on your medical records that you physically keep copies of, you mm-hmm. can see the chronology of flatline, nothing, mm-hmm. fully healthy to just an explosion of symptoms and doctor's visits for various things. But it's not related at all to the one marker in your timeline, which is right. when you got the shot. Yeah, yeah. That's, of course it can't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's in- cb see you had something you wanted to say about about this experience um yeah so um like i said i went to um the er four different er's about 10 times uh, i've been to my gp three times neurologist three times um i've been denied a rheumatology referral despite it being urgent and doing x-rays for Why? them that they requested um i was still denied seeing a rheumatologist um, why? Why? Uh, they said that there was not sufficient evidence of symptoms. And what is sufficient evidence of symptoms? 
But your ANA was positive, right, Stevie? Yeah. Yeah. But my doctor, my GP told me that, well, a lot of people come up positive and they're not. No, actually, that's not true. That's not true. Number of research I've done, uh, the ANA comes up false negative a lot, but not false positive. Hmm. That's what I, I was told by my yeah. doctor. <laughs> so Stevie, you, finally, you finally got some doctors to start treating some of the symptoms yes. that you have. Yeah. So like what I was the actually, journey like to finally find some decent doctors currently? Yeah. So this just happened last week. I finally was able to get in contact um, with some local people who um, are uh, in, in touch with, with doctors and who heard my story. Um, and so the doctor I saw yesterday, she heard my story and she wanted to help me. And so I did the FSM um, frequency therapy and the ozone therapy, which is just basically oxygen therapy. Yeah. And, and did you get that at her clinic or? You, yes. Yeah. Okay. She, uh, she is actually a dentist. Um, she is, she is also a naturopath uh, and a holistic doctor. Um, yeah. So she holistic has medicine. Part, yeah. So she has part dentistry and then the other part is the um, naturopath holistic um, area. Yeah. Um, I, I, the podcast, the podcast episode that's going to be published after this one, I actually talked to two holistic medicine um, doctors who work with frequency and also um, different ways to address these symptoms of these types of adverse reactions from the vaccines. And they are holistic doctors. One actually still works in an ER and goes in and does his ER um, practice, but then he also facilitates the holistic medicine. So you were looking, so you ended up moving outside of conventional medicine and started looking anywhere for yeah. help. And the doctor, the holistic doctor I saw yesterday, she checked in on me seven times during my treatment. She had eye contact with me. She, we had a conversation about how big pharma pushes prescriptions and that's how they make their money. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, uh, I felt like a human being again, and it was absolutely amazing, um, as far as, um, physically and, and mentally therapeutic. Mm -hmm. Does your medical insurance cover holistic medicine? No, or is it out of pocket. About, the thing about holistic medicine is that it's a, it's affordable. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's 125 for, um, the frequency testing and then 75 for the ozone. Like it sounds like a lot, but when you look at what they want you to do for, for other things, you know, it's, it's worth it. Well, for, for, for most people's um, health insurance in the United States, they have a copay that they have to meet first, which could be, I don't know, a couple thousand, 3,000, 5,000, whatever, whatever your household is. And most people don't even get to, um, to that copay amount before they actually start covering for, um, the insurance. So not everybody has like $5,000 just hanging around for adverse reactions that randomly come up. And just know? the fact of putting a price on your life and your health is, is sickening to me. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you found um, holistic medicine as a way to start addressing some of the symptoms that you, that, that you were, you were coming across. Well, let me yes, ask you I ladies. Oh, go ahead. I have been resting a lot, which is why I'm not tremoring. Um, I don't know a hundred percent if this therapy is working. I'm not, you know, I'm not promoting it. I'm not, um, saying to go get it, you know, if you're having side effects, but, um, but it, it's something that I definitely am, am open to, 
to try. Um, Why not? Doesn't Why hurt. not? <laughs> yeah. Does not hurt a thing. Um, yeah. And so, um, so I have to go back once a week. Um, and so I'll, I'll just kind of be seeing how that goes. I've also changed my diet, um, taking out mm. all sugars and adding supplements. Um, and I am waiting on ivermectin. Yeah. So they, so she prescribed the, the holistic doctor prescribed ivermectin to you? No, no, I'm no. getting ivermectin through uh, a different source. Through a different source. Okay. So, um, and Stacey, you also got ivermectin as well to help with yeah. the symptoms. Yeah, I actually got my GP to prescribe that. <laughs> okay, so you got your GP to, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty persuasive, you know, and vocal when it comes to things. So I try to keep my emotions wrangled and just be like, okay, here's the facts and what is it going to hurt if I try that? That was pretty much yeah. I yeah. I don't think the dosage was right. So I, I do have a message to her to try it again, but with a higher dosage. But yeah. uh, I too want to try some of the holistic things, but they're too expensive for me right now. I don't, you know, my, all of my income has to go to bills and like, you know, my supplements and stuff that I, I've, you know, got to keep taking. That's about right. it. Right. Um, right. Right. When I'm able to go back to work, if I get well enough to work again, I, I would like to try some of those other things to help, you know, move things along faster. So I feel better sooner, but you know, they're expensive. So. And Stacey, um, you have a GoFundMe account. What's the GoFundMe account? So if people want to help you afford some of these um, naturopathic. It's actually on, it's on my TikTok. My TikTok is I'm a kind of cute. I-M-A-K-I-N-D-A-C-U-T-E. And the link is there. The link is like some long rambling thing. I didn't set it up. My friend did. So um, it's posted there. Um, Send me the link. I'll put it on the description. So, um, so, and same, same with Stevie. If you have a GoFundMe account to kind of help offset the medical costs for these other, these other, um, treatment options, these naturopathic or holistic medicine treatment options, because you guys are gone. You guys do what most people do. They go to the regular doctor, they go to the emergency, they go to the, all the doctors they possibly can, can find, you know, all the hospitals, all everything. The doctors now. <laughs> right. And so mm-hmm. you, you've hit everybody that you possibly can, you can find, and you weren't getting very much of anything to deal with the different symptoms that you were getting are you guys getting new symptoms every week or is it I mean Stevie wait I'm sorry Stacy. did you say that you had bleeding gums when you brush your teeth yeah my, my gums still bleed um that was actually one of my first initial symptoms too it's really hard to keep everything straight brain fog is one of the biggest symptoms uh huge <laughs> mental problems recall is awful um but yeah my main symptoms that have stuck around throughout this whole duration and and the ones that are staying right now are the headache, the fatigue, the extreme dizziness, uh, the shortness of breath, um, the brain fog, and yeah, the bleeding gums. My gums uh, don't bleed as severely as they were in the beginning. In the beginning, they were like literally pouring blood. It was terrifying. Oh um, but now every time I eat or brush my teeth, or it's they bleed. So yeah, and it's not gingivitis because I actually just went to the doctor, the dentist a couple months ago, a few months ago now. Yeah. And, um, your gums look great. You're the, you're doing a great job. I don't know what you're doing, but it looks great. It's because I have a water pick and stuff. So I take really good yeah. care of my teeth. This is not, not gingivitis. <laughs> so even more, even more medical documents that you were completely fine prior to the Correct. shot, prior yeah. to the shot, um, mm-hmm. to prove the timeline. So, um, you know, ladies, the, the informed consent action network, I can is a website for medical treatment advisory and legal consult. What did you uh-huh. guys get when you went to that nonprofit? Um, I, I actually tried that. You haven't done that, Stevie? Uh, I have yet to have anyone respond. 
Yeah, you have to have them one. Okay, because a lot of people are going to that, and and so maybe they're overwhelmed. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely believe that they're overwhelmed. I don't blame them at all. Um, and I, I believe it's set up by Del Big Tree, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, um, from the High Wire. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and the High Wire is another um, non-mainstream um, site as well, yeah. or, or or news outlet. So. So it sounds like right now, as we are going through um, the vaccination program with MNR, mRNA vaccine, um, and all of this is coming out in some way, shape, or form as it shakes out, there's going to be people like yourselves who have adverse reactions who are going to get stonewalled from the medical community. You have doctors who are getting stonewalled and threatened. You have all this gestapo going on, and as a client trying to basically advocate for their own health fighting every single day to take care of themselves you you kind of have to bully your way into finding somebody to help you and try everything out there because you can't rely on the system to um do what's right for the patient is is, yeah, is that what I, i'm getting is this a, am i far off so i'm so sorry <laughs> go ahead stevie um, we, we basically say that we have to be our own doctors. We have to do, we have to be our own scientists. We have to find our own methods of healing um, and, and we shouldn't have to. Yeah. Well, many, many doctors worldwide in 2020, such as Dr. Gert Vanden Bush, Bosch, who used to work for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation making vaccines, and the 2008 Nobel Prize winner for medicine for sequencing HIV, Dr. Luc Montagnier, tried to raise awareness that the mRNA vaccines will create new variants. It's not mm -hmm. safe and in the long term may, may damage the natural immunity of vax recipients. Um, even Dr. Robert Malone, one of the main creators of the mRNA vaccine technology, also said that it is not safe for people to take on the now YouTube deleted episode of Dr. Brett Weinstein's Dark Horse podcast. And um, so what are your thoughts on the media, government, medical agencies, and drug companies' angle of blaming the new variants on the unvaccinated population as a way to coerce everyone into getting the jab and completely remove the control group that shows natural immunity. What are your thoughts on this? Because this is the new twist that's happening in this little saga. I believe it's fear mongering. Um, yeah, I think it's despicable, honestly. <laughs> it's despicable and it's, it just makes it to me, it makes it clearer and clearer and clearer that this is just all money driven. It's all driven by the greed and the wealth and the, and the big money of the world. And it, they really don't give a crap about us. Nope. That's the fair. common people don't matter. No, we well, don't. You We're guys experienced that firsthand with the doctors yeah. trying to get help for obvious symptoms that... that... Well, I've never been treated that way. Never been treated that way. Why did they treat yeah. you that way with this? With when you say it's because of the mRNA vax that I got. Why, why is it different? Why is it all, you know? If when you it's said, not like we're saying, oh, it's definitely the vaccine. We're like, well, the vaccine happened and then this happened. Like, can you tell me why? Like, you know, we're we're not like, oh yes, you know, you know, pushing I that back on the doctor. 
our medical staff and like our medical community as a whole, like I know lots of RNs and, uh, you know, practitioners and, and even medical doctors personally, they're exhausted, like mentally exhausted from the whole COVID thing. And they have been for a long time. So um, I feel like a lot of the dismissing, you know, dismissive treatment that we've received is because they're just physically, mentally exhausted as well. And mm-hmm. they just frankly, as if it's not like a, an acute urgent, you know, if like somebody's bone isn't sticking out of their arm, they just don't take it seriously. And they want to go home and they're tired, you know, and they're, and they're, and I think that has really uh, affected a lot of people's ability to be compassionate and, um, yeah. you know, with different nurses while I was hospitalized, some were very sweet and kind, some were very dismissive. And even one of my nurses that was taking care of me, um, you know, I just kind of like, I said, Hey, can I talk to you for a second? You know, I don't know if you mean to come across this way, but you know, this is how you're making me feel. And, and I don't know if you're having a bad day or whatever, but I just want to tell you that, you know, I respect you for your profession. I know that you're under a lot of stress. So just, just know that I see you and I'm not taking it personally. And I hope you have a better day. And after that, her mood just turned around. I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of fear in their community as well, because they, they, they don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to, you know, be involved with this vaccine, you know, thing at all. And that's what I get. That's the, the impression that I get. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it's a sad state of affairs that the medical community can't um, be open to treat people um, and look at all different ways to treat people and have an open discussion about healthcare with their clients or their, with the patient that's obviously suffering right in front of their face. It's a very sad state of affairs that this yeah. is what we as the people have to endure with this specific topic. You know, yeah. um, have you guys looked into possible disability? I mean, uh, you know, if you guys can't get get your health to the point where you can keep a job to maintain your livelihood and take care of your family and yourselves. Have you ever thought about um, claiming disability? Have you looked into that? Um, I haven't, I haven't thought of that. Maybe it's because I'm too optimistic and I'm, I'm hopeful that. Yeah. We, we have to keep hope alive that we're, we're going to get better. We're not going to be disabled our whole lives. That word alone just scares, you know, scares scares you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not ready to go there yet. You're not ready to go there. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's yeah. just hope that 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 the the adverse reactions that you guys get this get these symptoms taken care of, um, so that it is not something that you have to consider. But for some people, they may actually have to consider this. And so I wonder, all of the medical records that they have, if they can, what what does it do to um, legitimize that claim for disability? Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that picture look like? Well, you know, the biggest fear for malpractice lawsuits is evidence, mm-hmm. right? evidence. And remember, mm-hmm. these drug companies have immunity. However, they have paid out in lost malpractice lawsuits in the past. So we got to mm-hmm. remember that as well. Even though they have immunity, we have seen some malpractice lawsuits win and come through. So should people be taking pictures and get medical, physical medical records of every symptom that they may develop in the months and years ahead um, for the people who got vaccinated? What are your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, I'm getting hard copies of everything, everywhere that I've been. Yep, because um, just, uh, they could just easily erase it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. or it's lost, chart's gone or whatever. So I've been, every time I go, I'm getting a paper copy of my records because I just started doing that. So, yeah. yeah. Now, are you guys, and I know you're vlogging, Stacey and Stevie, I know you're starting to, because you can't do live 
blogging on Facebook Live anymore. Are you doing video, any kind of video evidence of your symptoms as symptoms come through or pictures or anything like that? So you can have it back up the yes. medical records that you're getting at your doctor. So like if you go into your doctor for tremors, you actually have video tremors and there's actual physical evidence yes. that you've been seeing for tremors. And this is what the diagnosis that they found. So you guys doing yeah, my, that? Yes. Yeah. My face, I take pictures of my face every time. It's doing it right now, actually. Um, it's gotten worse as we've been talking. Yeah, I see um, that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, take pictures of my face. I even take pictures of the thermometer every day when I take my temperature just to like document it. Um, because those are all timestamps. There's digital encryptions that I could not fake, you know? So yeah. And pretty mm. much I know like in a court, a case. Yeah. And, and all in the court of law, as long as you have like the, the a log and a timeline and stuff, that's what they want to see, you know, they're not going to dispute that. So yeah, yeah I've been very and also record. my tattoos in, in pictures so they know that like because like this is a unique tattoo and only only I yeah. have it so they they can see that it's it's me and it's real right yeah. and for people who are who are suffering from adverse reactions trying to figure out how to just address adverse reactions so they can exist in a healthier state trying to find medical care and going through the pain that you guys have gone through, they also need to also be documenting all this stuff because it may, may yeah. it may come into play later on somehow um, mm -hmm. for legal consult. But do you recommend that also get printouts of their health records prior to getting the vaccine so there is some kind of log of history? What yes, are your thoughts yeah. on that? Yes, I'm actually working on getting my hospital records as well as my uh, old records from my other doctors that I saw before this GP, because, um, I have like some lab results and stuff that still show up in like my online stuff, but I want those in, in writing that my labs were normal for years. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're going to be having, uh, you know, huge storage room of files and files and files. Of, so <laughs> you're, but it's just smart, which is smart. You, you, you don't start doing this after the fact, and then you miss all of this information because the symptoms can come and go. Um, right. And then it's really hard to, because it's missing chunks of evidence. So if you're starting to see this as the months and as the years ahead, even if you start getting certain symptoms addressed, you can at least prove it to your, to to legal consult that I got this treatment and it stopped this symptom. So, but, but you mm -hmm. can see the chain of events that got to this part and this stopped this treatment, but then this, you know, and so, so every symptom can be, um, can be backed up with evidence for how it came about, what happened and if it got addressed, what did you do? So there's a, so, so there's no holes and there's no gaps. Okay. Right. So is there anything, um, is there anything legally that, you could do now to get justice? I mean, I know this is a I, developing story, but anything at all for people to know? No, I, I am not at all focused on suing or any legal action at this point. I want my life back. I want proper medical care for all of the people suffering like I am. That is what I'm after. I'm not after money. I'm not after suing. I want my life back. And when you go on my Instagram, it's pretty hard to see. I've made my Instagram public. You can see my before life and then the dramatic after vaccine life. And it's pretty hard to see. I, I have a trouble. I have trouble looking at it. Right, right. Life has definitely changed for you. Um, yeah. But so even though the, the drug companies have immunity, which they keep telling us all the time, um, 
you guys, regardless of whether you know if you have a case or not, you guys are taking pictures, you're taking videos, you're taking, you're getting printouts of all the doctor visits, every single one, every conversation, um, mm -hmm. just in case. You have a slim chance of getting a malpractice down the road when you guys get healthy and you guys are able to. Yes. Right. And down to be honest with you, the recording doctor's visits. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I've thought of the the legal ramifications that I could possibly put into motion for this and, and maybe be part of a class action or something. I don't know. But for me personally, if I was able to acquire any money for that, it I would put it right back into treatments for these people that can afford the, the things yep. to help relieve their symptoms, because that's where mm -hmm. I'm at is, is like Stevie said, getting proper medical care, getting relief from these symptoms. That's what's important to me is figuring that piece of it out. And if I could help anybody else that's suffering, that's what I would focus on. Yep. Yeah. Because a lot of people are tied to their families that they take care of it, not only themselves, and right. even if even if the slim chance that you do have enough evidence down the road to win a malpractice lawsuit, you're still suffering with the symptoms. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And I know Stacy, as a parent, I'm a parent too. You don't want to even phantom the idea that you're gonna leave your children parentless. Yeah. Right. And that's what's it's so crazy is like since this has happened, I, I've drawn up a will and all that stuff because I did have, you drop a, a will you did too, Stevie? I got yeah. life insurance, yep. Yeah, because um I I still have this like lingering fear in the back of my head that I'm just gonna drop dead one day. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna have a stroke or I'm gonna have a blood clot in my heart or something like that. Like I feel like there's just this looming fear that you know, because I can feel that my body is different and that things yeah. have changed and it's terrifying. So I don't want anything to be like no loose ends if something happens to me. And I've also made it perfectly clear to everybody on my pages, on my TikTok, um, on my friends, on my family. If something like that happens to me, please get me autopsied, send me to a hospital that, that or somewhere that researches vaccine reactions and what this has done to my body. I want them to slice me up and dissect everything, figure it out, find some answers, at least use me for the bigger good, you know, to, to help other right. people that are I'm going through so they can they can help these things while people are still alive, you know? So, well, Stacey, yeah. you said something really important, autopsy. They're not, aut I, I have not heard them autopsying any bodies that um, got the vaccine or that died of COVID. So where are they going to get the autopsy? Because you've already come across doctors that aren't even going to address or seriously take your symptoms seriously. So yeah, that's why I, I, I haven't specified in my will that I want to be donated to a, a you know, a, a program that actually is studying the vaccine and what it does to our bodies and our internal organs and whatnot. Like I'm going to, I'm looking, I'm currently looking for a specific organization to like actually list in there, but that's why, you know, like a regular coroner is not going to do it. They're just going to be like, oh, it was a heart attack or, oh, it was a stroke or, you know, like they're just, they're just going to write it they're off. Not, they're not going to take your, your cells and look on a microscope and see if there's any kind of anomalies right. that they see in your your dna and your genetics well, right. I'm, Did you i'm an organ donor on my on my id card and and i'm worried that because of this you know i won't get an autopsy or i won't be able to donate my organs because it's so affected by this mm -hmm. did yeah. you see did you see the autopsy report that came out and the how all the spike proteins had penetrated all the organs of that person yeah. yes i saw that yeah, yeah. they, they had to pay to get that autopsy because they refuse to do it. Right, right. Right, because more evidence against getting the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's a big discussion right now on a lot of medical journals um, and doctors trying to get information out about what they're seeing in the um, autopsies and in the DNA of uh, recipients of the vaccine, that their genes, um, they have some anomalies that are, are worrisome, like what you said, spike proteins is, a, is, is, a, is one that's contentious. And even the medical journals don't want to publish some of these research and these findings because of fear of getting their reputation, of getting their medical license revoked. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a real fear, even in in um, the journals of the of the medical community, to be able to share um, uncensored information to other doctors so that they can learn and um, use that information to help their clients. So it's all over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in America. So if anybody is listening out there who knows an organization who can autopsy um, bodies about um, fear of uh, anything, um, Stacy, reach out to Stacy uh, Marie because she is looking for somebody. Now let's not hope that that that, that comes about, Stacy. That that you <laughs> that you survive and you find a way to deal yeah. with your adverse reactions and you recover. I don't want to die you, from this. I want to yeah. make sure in some way if, if something does happen to me but it is a genuine fear that I have it is a is it something and it, it, it's a hard topic to talk about mm-hmm. well you can still provide your DNA and your cells and your you know tissue samples um to to be looked at while you're still alive too so if any labs want to look at what does a vaccine mRNA vaccine recipient who is getting adverse reactions what does their their cells look like you right, guys, you two will be willing to offer um, your your a skin graph or whatever they need for for that research. If we can Anything. save other people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, make me the guinea pig. I'll be the lab rat. Just, I mean, yeah. I've already taken the vaccine. I can't take it back. Um, if I can help other people, then yeah, totally. Yeah, that's that's really brave of you guys. And then, um, and and then, in terms of wills, what do you say to people who's like, well, I, I I'm not going to get a will. I got the vax. I mean. Should people be, after they get the vaccines, if they start developing adverse reactions months or years ahead, should they start making a will? If, yes. if, they, go, if they go and get a booster, which is a new one. Absolutely, absolutely. Make sure that you have a, a game plan because they, we just don't know. We just don't know. I just saw a video yesterday of a, a guy, uh, his sister got the J&J vaccine and um, and passed away. Uh, she had a heart heart attack. Mm-hmm. Within twenty four hours. Yeah, it was thirteen hours after I think she died. Yeah. Did, did she have family that she was taking care of? I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, obviously was, that person. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for for people who had that adverse reaction of death. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of legal consult do they have? They don't even have any medical records of symptoms that develop towards the the mortality. Exactly. And, and that's like permanently taken from them. Right. And that's what, that's what worries me about that. Everybody's like, have you reported to VAERS? And I'm like, how accurate is VAERS? Because there's people that have just dropped dead from the shot and they don't have any way of reporting it. And the hospitals aren't going to report it as that. They're going to report it as a heart, heart attack. So when people mention the VAERS numbers to me, I'm like, those are wildly inaccurate, in my opinion. It might be even higher. Yeah. 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 There's debate about the various. Oh, yeah. About the, there's debate amongst medical 
um, doctors that the virus actually is much higher because there's been um, debate of the numbers um, being fibbed. So yeah. that's a part of the contention as well that's kind of circulating around. You know, in America, ladies, in America, cognitive dissonance from people who identify so much with being either Democrat or Republican has yeah. brought out the cruelty in each other. So the former president, Donald Trump, was a very polarizing figure who amplified hidden hatreds. I'm going to say amplified hidden hatreds to the point mm -hmm. that people won't listen to each other without bias. Did you guys yep. experience any haters who say mean things like, you deserve it, you should have known, I don't feel yeah, sorry. We warned you. you. Yeah, mm -hmm. we warned you. Um, like, sorry, episode, I don't I remember you messaging me before you got the, before I got the vaccine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I must have missed your message. Yeah. Stupid sheeple. Yeah. Sheeple, <laughs> I hate that one so much. I don't like that yeah. word sheeple either. What do you guys say to these people who are going to be hating you because you threaten their their sense of um, of safety with the efficacy of the vaccines? You threat you you threaten they, well you um you you've brought a, a trigger in them. What do you say to these haters that say these things to you guys? Uh, to the ones that call me a sheep or whatever, um, I usually just tell them you know maybe your message would come across a lot better if you were more kind about how you delivered it. That's kind of how I address them. And then the ones that are on the other side of the spectrum that are vaccinated or pro-vax or, you know, uh, pro this vaccine, um, you know, I just, I just encourage them to please just wait. Uh, please uh, do your research and look into it further because they're not telling you everything. And that's basically all I can do. Um, you know, it, I, I'm actually blown away by how divided everybody is instead yeah. of you know they see a sick person on tiktok suffering and their first thing to do is come into the comments and be hateful like what happened where, yeah. where what's going yeah. on yeah and you you'll see people who who will make comments like i work in the er and i'm just so glad that we're going to be taking out a whole population of liberals mm -hmm. <laughs> or you need you need to and you're like this is the medical community or this is the, this is, 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 look at yourself in the mirror. This is because, I, yeah, go ahead, Stevie. I had someone tell me that they're glad this is happening. There will be less traffic in two years. Yeah. Yeah, people, people look at your comments when you see mm -hmm. these people versus reactions and look at the comments and look at yourself in the mirror. Is this who you want to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, because in Buddhism, in Buddhism, we know that everybody has a life to view, and you don't just review it from your own perspective. You review it from the direct perspective of all the people that you affect. So you review and experience your own cruelty from the other person, the, from the recipient, because you are them and they are you, and we are one, and that's a fact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you know, on the flip side, you know, I know Stacy, you said uh, what you wanted to say, but. Stevie, what do you want to say to the media or other vax recipients who got the mRNA vaccine and they lack empathy by stonewalling you as just an unfortunate, rare statistics? And they say things like, I'm fine, sorry for you, but everybody should still get the vaccine regardless of the adverse reactions because this is the way we're going to get herd immunity, get out of this. So you know, you just, it's just a rare, unfortunate statistic, but it's going to happen. Thanks for um, 
falling on the sword for us. Thanks for um thanks for being the guinea pig. Yeah. Yeah, thanks oh, yeah. for being the martyr. Um everybody's gonna have um a cross to bear and thanks for bearing that cross. What do you say to those people on the flip side? You know, I I try to take the the kindness route and the open-minded understanding route. I I try to put myself in their shoes and they don't know what I know. They're not experiencing this and they're being lied to by the media. And so I, I try very hard to, to see it from that side because they, they don't know yet. They don't understand yet, you know? And, and so I believe that once, you know, uh, hopefully this all comes out, you know, in the mainstream media that they will have to look themselves in the, in the mirror and deal with what they've said and what they've done. All right. Do you have something that you want to say about that, Stacy? Um, yeah, kind of the, basically the same thing. I mean, it's just um, people don't uh, relate to something that hasn't affected them directly. So I guess after enough people mm -hmm. get vaccinated and enough people get injured, eventually everybody will be directly affected by it. And then maybe, maybe they'll wake up and listen. Yeah. And yeah. I was that person too. I listened to the media who was saying it's safe. I was that person. Mm -hmm. I was skeptical. I'm not pro-vax. I'm not anti-vax. I'm pro-informed consent. Mm -hmm. And we, and did you guys, do you feel you got informed consent? Before no. You no. Went? Yeah. <laughs> if, all all. The if all the information about the possible adverse reactions are censored mm -hmm. and you don't get the full picture, then is there informed consent? No, not at all. That's what doctors oh. need to be asking. Um, yep. You know, how can how can we use this COVID-19 saga, which, you know, we're going into the variants and many, many censored doctors have been saying that the vaccine is causing all the variants. And um, a lot of the evidence that's coming in and continue to come in is showing that the natural immunity is being suppressed in the mm -hmm. people who got the vaccine. Um, mm -hmm. So we're, we're, this is this is live science that is happening in real time and and so what how can we use this COVID-19 saga to be more compassionate and unconditioning unconditionally loving to one another mm. what can we learn from from this I think the the biggest thing that people need to realize is that nobody's nobody's safe from anything that's out of our control um the virus is out of our control the the way that the the government is handling it is out of our control so what we really need to do is support each other. It's all, everybody's mm -hmm. going to go through some sort of trauma throughout this virus and, you know, uh, immunity mm -hmm. situation. And we're not going to get anywhere for, you know, for being mean to each other and, and being divisional. We need to just be loving and kind and supportive and, and gather together. That's exactly what they don't want. So uh, we need to be defiant and be united. Stevie, do you want to say something about how we can be more compassionate to one another about this? Because the whole world is going through it and it's happening worldwide. It, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, you know, just just be open-minded. And, and, you know, if, if you are skeptical, if you don't believe me, you know, do your own research. Do, you know, um, you can reach out to me. I'll, I'll do my best to answer your questions and, and show you that, that, you know, I'm a real person. I'm, I'm a good person. And, um, and there are so many good people 
who, mm. who are struggling and they need support. They need positivity. They need to be lifted up when the doctors and the media are telling them they're, they're wrong. You know, we need to come together and we need to lift them up. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody, a lot of people have know a lot of people who got the, the vaccine and um, as the months and years go on, we may start seeing more more of these adverse reactions crop up amongst the vaccinated I'm so sorry, population. I got a phone call. It's okay. So if you're in the USA, you can report adverse reactions to the VAERS website, uh, which the link is in the description. If you're in the UK, you can re report adverse reactions to the MHRA yellow card website. And if you're in Australia, you can re report adverse reactions to the TGA website. So if you or a family member needs assistance, you can also go to the ICANN website for medical treatment advisory and legal consult. The links will be in the description, everyone. So with that, Stacy and Stevie, thank you for being so brave to fight the heavy censorship of big tech to tell your stories. I know my angels found you. I heard your experiences on anywhere I can find it just to verify and fact check your stories. And I do not agree that big tech should be censoring people from discussing adverse reactions to the COVID-19 vaccine trials. That's why they keep calling it a trial. So, um, which removes informed consent. So you can follow these brave ladies as they vlog their adverse reactions on their Instagram and TikTok and Facebook pages. Just look up their names, which is Stacy, and that's S-T-A-C-E-E -E Marie. And then there's Steve, Stevie Thrasher, which is S-T-E-V-I-E, -E, and Thrasher is T-H-R-A-S-H-E-R. So just look them up and you'll find them. And Again, thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.